0: but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and we have with us today Joshua Siegler. He is a front-end web developer at Dash, which is an exciting cryptocurrency. Hi, Joshua. Welcome.
2: Hi, Juliet. Thank you.
1: So tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in cryptocurrency, and what you do for Dash.
2: Sure. Uh, I'm a web developer, and I had an office job in Cambridge doing web development for a big logistics company. And I had seen the headlines about Bitcoin going up and decided that I needed to get a piece of that. Uh, Not only is it an exciting technology, but it seemed like a a fun technological gamble financially. So I got into Bitcoin. Uh, I think a lot of people did after the the price shot up to $1,000 back in whenever that was. But I was looking around for altcoins to trade in and out of. And I had heard that some of the altcoins had... Uh, like malware embedded in them, so I was really paranoid, and I was trying to do a lot of really deep research and find an altcoin that not only had a team that was doing a good job, but I wanted to find one that wasn't going to be just uh, just something you know like a, a toy that I could just invest in real quick and get out and not have to understand. I wanted to really be deeply involved in one, and I found Dash. Uh, it stood apart because it had. At the time, one of the few features that wasn't just a copy of Bitcoin, it had this uh, privacy feature called Private Send. Uh, And as I traded in Dash trying to get more Bitcoin, eventually I realized that Dash was doing a better job at the thing that made Bitcoin appealing, which was trying to be internet money that is able to be used for all the things that we expect money to be used for now for retail purposes. So I kind of ended up getting more and more involved and now I'm working for them.
1: Oh, that's incredible, and and seems to be just right where you belong.
2: <laughs> I really like working for Dash. It's a big shift from the the corporate environment that I was in before. Uh, there's a much more like a open source, have an idea and run with it kind of philosophy. It took some adjusting, but I don't think I could leave it behind anymore.
1: That's fantastic. So with Dash, there's a couple things that are different with this type of cryptocurrency than with others. And you touched briefly on you know the privacy. Uh, and elements that it, it allows. Can you expand a little bit on those?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, just in terms of what Dash is capable of, uh, there's a, a use case for uh, digital money that uh, is, is it seems kind of obvious, but it becomes really tricky once you look at the, the problems you can have. Uh, I said that in a confusing way, but the idea is that. Uh, say I want to make a say I want to go to Best Buy and buy a TV with cryptocurrency i don 't want to have to wait a long time for my cryptocurrency transaction to be secure enough that I can leave the store right i don 't want that to be a ten minute interaction at the register uh, for for something expensive. So I need to be able to make a payment and have the merchant be able to trust that payment pretty much immediately now with uh, legacy systems like credit cards. The trust comes from the fact that they're trusting that in three three days to a week or whenever it settles, that eventually they'll get the payment for that from the credit card company, even if I don't pay them. But with cryptocurrencies, settlement is the is the standard. You can't just wait for like a promise because there's nobody you can kind of chase down afterwards. It's like a cash transaction. So it has mm-hmm. to settle right away. So with cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, you have to wait for six confirmations or so before you can really trust it. Otherwise, you could get double-spent. Uh, Dash has an innovation called Instant Send that incentivizes the network to take an unconfirmed con- uh, transaction and prevent it from being double-spent for six transactions worth of time, for five transactions worth of time, excuse me. Uh, and that way, you can spend, and in a couple of seconds, they have that level of security that you would get from having st- st- stood around for 10 minutes or so. That's instant send. Uh, the short version of that, because I kind of went into a lot of depth, is that it lets you spend your money and walk away, and the merchant doesn't have to be worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then private send is a way of kind of erasing the history of a, of a coin so that I don't have to worry that if somebody pays me with Dash, that later on somebody's going to chase me down and say, hey, 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 those coins you have right there, turns out somebody did something nasty with those coins a few transactions back, and they're not really yours. I don't, I don't need that. And I also don't want the person that I buy an ice cream cone from hassling me about how big my paycheck is because he can see the ingoing transaction. So privacy on cryptocurrencies can be tricky as well. And having private send gives you a way of kind of giving yourself a little more privacy.
1: Wow, I didn't realize that when you were trading something with Bitcoin that you had the potential for illegal transactions or whatnot to affect your current coins in your wallet. And I did not realize that if you used it to pay, for something say like an ice cream cone, they would have access to your full total amount. Is that the case with Bitcoin dep- as well?
2: Yeah, it depends on it depends on the history of the coins. But suppose that suppose that I get a really big paycheck and I get, you know, my one Bitcoin transaction uh and then I go I go and eat at a fast food place and I spend my one Bitcoin and, you know, I spend ten dollars worth of it. That transaction on the chain will show that I took my one Bitcoin and split off the $10 worth and gave the rest back to myself. So somebody can see yeah. where that's coming from. With private send, when I send somebody money, it's sending them, it's like a handful of change. It's divided up into little tens and ones and halves and whatever it is. And they get essentially exact change or pretty much exact change. And so they don't have resources to tell how much was in my wallet.
1: That's huge. That is such a such a uh, positive thing to encompass with a Bitcoin or with a, with a cryptocurrency.
2: Yeah, our goal is that people shouldn't have to think about the, the tricky ways that cryptocurrency is different from what they already imagine money to be. We Money is really, a lot of people think of it as just a way of of storing value and moving it around. And they don't want to have to think about like, you know, just like with cash, you don't want to think about serial numbers or which mint it came from or whether it's, you know, which version of the coin it is, anything like that. You just want it to work as money. And we're, our goal is for Dash to be the same.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I, as, a, as just a thinking through a process of, of cryptocurrencies as a user, there's so many out there to choose from, right? You know, you've got your big mm. your big 10 that, that everyone knows about, and, and Dash is up there. I've definitely heard it on, heard it referenced to before. Is having a diverse portfolio at all helpful to you? Because, you know, people always say when you're investing in things to diversify. But it seems like a cryptocurrency, that might not be the case.
2: I'm not an experienced trader, but I can kind of share my philosophy on that. Uh, yeah, of course. I'm, I am I'm, i I'm comfortable putting a lot of my value into cryptocurrencies just because uh I see the potential that the technology has. It it could turn out that some other cryptocurrency executes better than dash does and ends up being, you know, more of a winner, but uh, I don't know. I I don't have the time to research a lot of coins to understand them well enough to where I would be comfortable investing in them. But mm-hmm. if if I was trying to invest Without a deep understanding of cryptocurrencies, maybe spreading that investment around is a way of distributing the risk a little bit. Yeah. I think it depends on whether whether you're trading in and out of things really quickly, whether you're trading just on the price or if you really care about the fundamentals. Um, I I tend to focus on the fundamentals, so I only hold a couple of cryptocurrencies, the ones that I understand yeah. well and that I think have a, have a good vision.
1: Of course, because then you can invest with more confidence where… In a different way of doing it, investing in a bunch of different ones. Yes, you're disturbing
2: the risk, but you're also doing it blindly. <laughs> right. And if if your only option is to invest somewhat blindly, maybe that's a good strategy at, at sharing the risk a little bit. But for me personally, I'm not a, a skilled trader, and I don't I don't understand the TA particularly well, and I don't have the the time to kind of watch the charts really closely. So a longer term fundamental strategy works better for me. Hopefully. What are <laughs> Hopefully, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, what are some of the the biggest things that you've learned by working in this cryptocurrency digital cash world through Dash and just in general?
2: Wow, that's a great question. I've learned a lot. Uh I have learned let's see, so professionally I've learned the the value of um pursuing something so that your skills will be set up a certain way later. So for instance, uh When I was at the logistics company that I worked at before, I was focusing on uh, building up my JavaScript framework expertise because I I felt like that was going to be really valuable. And that's proven to be uh, especially valuable in this cryptocurrency space with my job for Dash because uh, being prepared with skills that are going to be in demand later pays off really handsomely in the future. And I think that being knowledgeable about cryptocurrencies is that same kind of thing. These, I think it's clear that cryptocurrencies are going to play some kind of role in the future. So being informed and being uh, conversant in in what it is 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 valuable. You should build that skill up, even if you don't intend to to like develop for it. It's good to have the knowledge. I have learned a lot about the nature of money. Also, like before, I started looking into cryptocurrencies at all. I, I didn't really put a lot of thought into what is money because it just it seems like it's such a simple thing. But it turns out that that there's a lot of different ways that you can look at this, and you can say that it's just it's just a way of keeping track of who has how much resources. All the way over to you could say that it's like uh, a way that that uh, uh, entrenched systems like governments and banks can exercise control over like nations and wealth. And you can really slice and dice it a lot of different ways. And there, it's a deep subject that a lot of people care a lot about. <laughs> I didn't give it that Absolutely. credit early on.
1: <laughs> Money makes the world go round, right? So then, introducing these new forms of currency is going to make a big splash.
2: Hopefully, it makes things better.
1: Yeah. What do you think in the crypto world? Because you know, there's a lot of different voices being heard. You know, what do, what do you think the ultimate goal of most people is for the crypto world?
2: Um, well, in the in the places in crypto that I'm exposed to, I really see two large groups, and there's, there's probably a third and fourth that are less represented here, but are present worldwide. So, the, the largest two groups I see are ideologues and opportunists. Uh, so, ideologues are people who come at this from a, uh, a perspective of, we need to give people more individual sovereignty, and the way to do that is to obsolete the existing financial system by introducing one that, that people really do control. And maybe they don't necessarily frame it that way, but I think that you can be you can be for cryptocurrency for ideological reasons, and that's that's folks like Roger Veer that have you know they they talk about how they'll uh, they'll be into cryptocurrency even if the price drops to half a cent, you know, it's still worth being involved. Uh, I think the the other group that is maybe more common in the U.S. at least is people who are speculating. Uh, we're really uh, we have a lot of hope in technology to solve problems or to uh, to change the world, at least. And I think a lot of people look, look at cryptocurrency as a smart investment, or at least an exciting investment. And I think those are the two <laughs> biggest groups that we have right now. And there's overlap, of course. I, I'm certainly in both of those. Uh, but there's a whole other group that gets a little bit less play in the United States, and that's people whose existing monetary systems are failing them. Folks in Zimbabwe and Venezuela, for instance. And they're looking at cryptocurrency as a solution to problems they have right now. And those are the folks that that really get a lot of bang for their buck, so to speak, right away from using cryptocurrency because it's solving their problems that they have today.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, I love what it is doing for these developing countries when I have guests on that talk about just the opportunities that are created through using this blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies. It's giving them a way out. They're not tied to, mm-hmm. you know, a government that might not be representing them properly. They're not tied to those kind of things, or their location, or their lack of infrastructure to get up to get their goods out. And it's really, like, hopefully inspiring. Inspiring that that this could be for a good cause.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that really excites me is that for for people in countries like that, that as long as the country hasn't banned cryptocurrencies or or done any kind of like a crackdown, this represents a way for people to opt out of the existing system without having to do any kind of like a violent overthrow or or like some kind of like deep underground thing. This is just uh an alternative that lets them sidestep problems that are in their lives. I, I'm really happy about that.
1: Yeah, it's a peaceful solution. Mm-hmm. I I think I'm in, I'm solidly in the second camp you talked about where I just find it really exciting and I hope that it is an investment that pays off, but it's also, if it's just exciting and, you know, you learn something about a new technology on the horizon, it'd be worth it either way. Sure. (laughs) And I think that's, that's the majority of the population probably. Mm I agree. What are some of the most common misconceptions that you get um, from people, some questions and you know, how do you really address those <laughs> from your friends, you know, not just people who are your coworkers?
2: Right. Uh, let's see. Um, one of the first things that, that trips people up when they start really diving into what is money is the idea that money is connected to something physical right now, just their existing money. Um, there's, once you start studying the dollar, for example – uh, you find out that there 's these different levels of of counts for how much money there is in the world, and you can count how many paper bills there are or how much money is in people 's accounts as a positive and you can you can count it all kinds of different ways and get different numbers. but I think people kind of figure well you know there 's that many bills out there that 's how much money there is and it's it 's actually a lot closer to a ledger system today than than people expect. Uh, To a certain extent, Mm. money is just an entry in a spreadsheet at a bank that says, "Here's how much you have." And if somebody if somebody changes that number, congratulations, you have more money.
1: (laughs) And yeah, you're right. There's a disconnect between what people are constantly saying. Well, you know, what is it? It's nothing. It's bits and bytes, and it's computer things. Mm -hmm. But so so is our fiat currency in a lot of regards.
2: Right. The, The the disconnect there often comes out in the form of questions about but but what what is it really uh, there's this <laughs> idea that that it has to have has to have a thing underneath it that's valuable and you can explore that productively like it's not just it's not that this is just somebody waved a wand and this is a the thing there really is a value there to kind of like base so setting that aside for a second think about gold gold had an industrial use it's appealing it has properties that make it valuable as currency and today it's its monetary value it, it far out far outstrips the value that comes from its use in industrial and uh decorative purposes. I mean the reason I think that the reason that we use gold as decoration is largely because it's valuable at this point. Uh you can really dive deeply into that. There's this guy Nick Zabo that does a bunch of really excellent essays on the nature of money and he talks about how how we evolved monetary systems. But it's easy to understand how gold became valuable because it has other uses. People will ask, how does cryptocurrency, you know, what makes it valuable enough that people would trade it in the first place? And I think the answer to that is that unlike existing financial systems, cryptocurrencies are both a medium of exchange and a payment network. It would be as if the dollar had the MasterCard network somehow included as part of its uh, substance. The MasterCard network lets you move. Money around very fluidly or or swift or something like that, they let you move money around smoothly and it settles everything electronically and that 's a lot of value that's added on to the dollar system, but it's separate in that in that case with cryptocurrencies that's part and parcel
1: that's a really good analogy. We have to use that
2: <laughs> yeah, it only really answers the question of like why would people assign value to it in the first place you don't really mm-hmm. necessarily have to answer that question though because. Now that people have assigned value to it, it doesn't really matter where the starting value came from, except for um, just discussion purposes. The fact the fact is that if somebody finds something valuable, it gets exchanged, and that's enough. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of unsettling to think about that that maybe the whims of the world will change, and the things that you hold valuable won't be valuable to everybody else tomorrow. You know, you you sink so much of your time into into building up resources, into accumulating capital. And uh, you don't necessarily realize, and this is more for folk, for people in, in countries where the money has destabilized, but you don't necessarily realize that the way that you're banking up that work could be unstable. And I think that a lot of people get really unsettled by that thought. And uh, that maybe interferes with the conversation sometimes too.
1: And this is something that We're not used to, you know, here in the U.S. or in other established countries, but that's a daily worry for people in these developing countries. You know, they work really hard and they are trying to have savings and the next day those could be gone. That's their reality, you know, and that's crazy. Um, Going back to the, the education, I think that there is kind of a deficit right now for engineers who are versed in blockchain. Are you finding that as well?
2: I think that's true. I know that just personally and from talking to my coworkers, our LinkedIn is very popular because we list cryptocurrency <laughs> on there. We get a lot of a lot of cold contacts. I think that, that this is maybe one of the most timely skills to to teach yourself if you're looking for a competitive edge in uh software development certainly
1: and we're wrapping up a little bit here, but what are some final thoughts that you have for 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 people who are looking to get involved in cryptocurrency or people who are looking? to acquire some Dash and keep it in perhaps one of the Dash wallets?
2: Well, uh, I would suggest first off that uh, when, when you're doing an investment, one of the ways that you can uh, uh, set your mind at ease and reduce your risk is to, to do more research. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to read all the white papers and become a, an expert. But understanding how, how the system works today, how you can transfer money from one place to another, what are the basic security steps? That'll give you peace of mind as far as like getting involved in an asset that swings up and down in price like Dash and other cryptocurrencies do. So that education not only gives you value, but it also gives you peace of mind. So I would say don't don't be too shy from from learning about how the system works. It might take a little bit to kind of get a clear understanding, but I think you'll be happier about that. And you'll be able to to answer other people's questions as well because this I think this topic isn't going away. I,
1: I don't think that the currency is going away. I think a lot of people are hoping it will um because mm-hmm. they they don't want to have to do work. People really shy away from having to do research on things that they're not comfortable in discussing, right? A lot of people are not web developers mm-hmm. or financial people. They're just regular citizens trying to do jobs and move through the market and And stay ahead of things. So for them, I feel like they're just hoping it goes away. But people should not be afraid to research things they don't know. You know, get out there, do research, and you know it might be a
2: lot simpler than you think. Uh, That's true. I would also say that if you are daunted by the complexity of cryptocurrency today, just give it a little bit. Everybody, it's not just Dash. Mm -hmm. I think the whole industry is working on making this as easy to use as existing money is. So if you're if you want to be involved, but the technical side of it is too much give it a little time. It's maturing. The whole space is really growing up and and developing. And it won't be long until there's products out there that use cryptocurrency that you won't even know. It could just be like an airplane ticket site or something like that. But under the hood, it's just going to be making things cheaper and smoother or more secure or whatever it is that brings that value.
1: Absolutely. So where can people acquire Dash coins? And I know Dash also offers a wallet. So if you want to talk about that a little bit.
2: That was the other half of the question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a number of exchanges that offer uh, exchanging between fiat and Dash directly. Uh, and then there's also exchanges that go directly between different cryptocurrencies. Um, I use an exchange called Kraken. That's K-R-A-K-E-N. And I have a connection to my bank account on there. So when I need to buy or sell Dash, I just do a bank transfer at, or I do a Dash transfer and get the dollars back out. Uh, But there's a number of other sites, Uphold is one of the ones that uh, really has a great user interface, Uh, it has fast transaction times and their fees are okay. Um, Let's see, I think there's a couple others, but those are are the two that I like the best is Kraken and Uphold, Uphold especially was a really nice experience, they have a good user interface. Uh, As far as storing Dash, you have a lot of options. Uh, There is the Dash Android wallet, it's made by Hash Engineering. And that's available on Android and iOS app stores. Uh, and actually, we just pushed out an update to the Android Dash wallet, which gives it even better support for instant send. So now, if somebody sends you money with instant send, you can send it right back just the moment you get it because of the, uh, the, the security from those, uh, from the instant send feature.
1: Excellent. Well, Joshua, thank you so much for taking the time to share your insight and knowledge about this whole world that hopefully is going to keep growing and expanding in positive ways.
2: Uh, Julia, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.
1: That was Joshua Siegler. He works at Dash. He's a front end web developer for them. Excellent cryptocurrencies. Check them out. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in.
0: but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here.